Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Well, to round off today's edition of the Morning Mix, I'm joined by the Queen's representative on London Borough Council, John Barber. John, I didn't expect to welcome you back so soon, but you're back with us again and you're back in sad circumstances. How are you feeling today? Because you, you, you met the Queen on many occasions. Um, I think it's very, I think it's very sad, um, but I think one has to accept when you get to the age the Queen is, um, like any elderly relative, um, is going to happen. But her decline has been, in the last three months, particularly noticeable um, with the things that she's cancelled. There's certain things like she wouldn't, didn't go to the Braemar Games, which were a few weeks ago, which she's gone to always. She's never missed them. Um, and I'm very sad. Um, I'm sad for all the family because... Um, they all loved her dearly. Um, the Princess Royal, Prince Charles, Edward, Andrew. Um, it's their mother, you know, and it's very hard. And for the people in England, I think it's going to be incredibly hard um, knowing what the Queen means to them. You know, she's always been um, the mother figure to almost to the nation. You know, whenever yeah. there's been anything wrong, the Queen can pour um, something calming on the atmosphere to reduce any tension and I think now we have lost her and it's a very sad occasion. And I mean the last photographs we've seen of her was taking the uh, resignation of Boris Johnson and uh, the appointment of the new Prime Minister and she looked to be in good form then and literally within 48 hours of that she's gone. Yes so the only real thing is I think um I think for those people who knew her reasonably well, um, you could tell quite quickly that things weren't 100%. She had a very bad bruise on her hand, um, which um, was out of the ordinary, and also how she was standing. Um, I think, to be perfectly fair, she was obviously quite ill at that stage in proceedings, but she was a great believer in keeping on to the bitter end. You know, mm. she she was still doing her red boxes till the day before she died, you know, checking on government policy, papers, um, and she took her role very, very seriously. And you took your respect for her very seriously as well, John, yes. because you and I were chatting off air. You have never watched an episode of The Crown, and it's a very interesting thought process as to why you haven't watched The Crown. Would you like to share it with us? You, you don't watch it. Um, I haven't watched it and I wouldn't watch it, mainly because um, the bulk of the people who are in the particular um, series um, I have known, either in the role that I have now um, or the, through friendship. I mean, um, I knew Princess Diana, I knew her father. Um, I can't say I knew Diana well, but I knew her um, I knew Fergie, I knew her father. Um, Princess Margaret, I knew, had met on a number of occasions. Um, and I don't necessarily want to see how somebody wants to portray them, which often is unfair because you know, people like Princess Margaret, yes, she had her faults, but she had a very difficult life. She wasn't allowed to marry the man she wanted to marry. Um, she married um, somebody who was... Um, used to a life of their own um, and had varying other interests apart from the princess. Mm. Um, he was bisexual and he had varying pursuits that he did and the princess had to put up with it. Um, she had no choice. Um, but 
I just couldn't watch something which portrays people right. in the wrong way. So now, before we get into how you would like to see Queen Elizabeth II remembered, let's talk a little bit about the role that you now have to play, because you're sitting in studio with me, but we could well be seeing you on our TV screens Monday or Sunday. What, what, um, what's happening? Sunday. I mean, what actually happens is, um, last night at half past ten, quarter to eleven, um, the final paperwork came through, um, which relates to London Bridge, which was the Queen dying, um, and it is the um, full programme of how things take place. So today's class is being day one, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the day of the death. Day two, tomorrow, um, in St James's um, and um, one other location in London, there will be an announcement by the Privy Council of the Queen has died, and we now have um, King Charles III on the throne with his consort next to him. Um, the day following, every London borough, every village, every parish, um, everywhere from um, Cornwall to Scotland will um, hold at approximately two o'clock an announcement of that the Queen has died and we now have king charles and then the proclamation of him as um king okay. of england um and i'm returning to london because i have to be one of the people who has to start the procedure mm. um which is on sunday which is within the london borough of newham which is where the olympic site is right um and that has about 650,000 people living in the one area. And you'll be reading out the proclamation there? You read the proclamation, but you do the introduction. Um, you refer to what the Queen has done during her lifetime. Um, and that's the beginning part. Then I'll be signing the first signatory in the Book of Condolence, which goes forward, right. um, which will be signed by as many people who want to be able to do it. And then for the next 10 days, I'm one of the people who will be either at St Pancras, City Airport or um, Heathrow receiving heads of state. And there'll be about 270 right. coming in. So they come in, you receive them with their ambassador, um, you see them into their car and then you go back to the VIP lounge right. and receive the next lot. So... Like, this is a key role that, that you're fulfilling, but you were telling me off-air as well that in years gone by, there would have been a six-week mourning period. So how many days is it, 10 or 12 from, it, from now? It's 10 days from now. And what um, does that mean, when the mourning period? What does it mean to the country? Well, to the country, um, the suggestion, for what a better way of putting it, where 25, 30 years ago it would have been they would have been told categorically you can't do it. But there won't be any sporting events, there will be no council meetings, there will be no parliamentary sessions, um, there will be a lot of shops that will close. For um, 10 days? Yeah. yeah. And the theatres will be closed, um, and the whole thing is um, you go down into lockdown. Um, it used to be previously that you would have six weeks court mourning, which was the Queen bought him and her father died, but when George V died in 1936, you had three months right. of court mourning um, and everybody wore black. Um, right. And for the next 10 days, uh, because of my role, um, if I'm in a lounge suit, it would be black tie, black pocket handkerchief right. um, and black armband.
So it's, it's, a, it's a really serious period of mourning, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if any other member of the royal family had died, like Prince Philip, he would have never had a state funeral. The fact that his funeral was a small, almost family funeral, mm. um, totally different. The Queen Mother, when she died right. in informal service, Princess Margaret died. But the Queen is the one person, apart from the only other two people right. in the Queen's lifetime who had a state funeral, Winston Churchill, who had a state funeral, which was remarkable, um, and the other person was Louis Mountbatten. Right. They were the only two other people who the Queen has... Right. It's down to the monarch. So the funeral is on the 19th of yes. September, which is a Monday. Uh, so from from now till then, what you've described is what Great Britain will be, be yeah. like. Will that also be the same in Northern Ireland? Yes, I would say it would be. I mean, it would also include there won't be any music programmes on BBC. Uh, our comedy shows as Comedy so. shows. No comedy on, on BBC. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be literally, um, you know, everybody adheres to the fact of mourning. Do you think it's excessive? Because I'm sure there will be people who will say it is excessive, or do you think it's, I, it, it's fitting for someone of her, her ilk, her standard? Well, I think you have to take into account 70 years ago, there were very few people who can remember 70 years ago when the Queen died. Yeah. Um, I was four when the Queen died, or Queen's father died, and I can remember my mother um, saying to her neighbour, why are they playing mm. um, dirge music? You know, they're playing very something very sombre, very sober. Um, and my, the neighbour said, just heard on the radio, the King has died. Um, so, you know, for England, it's the first time in 70 years we've had right. our head of state. Okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your meeting with her then. Um, you're the only the second person I've ever spoken to who met her. I spoke to another man from Wexford here, from Uras, who was a glass cutter and an award-winning one. Right. He met her as well with the Corgis, and he talked about a little three-bar fire in this massive big room in a massive big fireplace. I believe she was frugal, yes. and I believe she resisted the temptation to splash the wads of money she had. She was very cautious with her money, yep. uh, because she believed it was part of the state purse or something. So, uh, I mean, yep. is that a, a, an accurate yeah. description? She was I, frugal? I would, I would say that the Queen was always... Her daughter takes after her. Um, you would see the Princess Royal wearing the same outfit 25 years after she wore it the first time. And with the Queen, she would always maintain and be very sensible. She didn't believe in waste. Um, but you have to take into account, when she was a child and the war came, um, you were restricted on the depth of bath water you could have in your bath. It was you were not allowed more than three inches of bath water, right. um, and the amount of food you could have was portion controlled. Yeah. Um, and the Queen has remained frugal. Um, she doesn't want to splash the money. Her mother adored spending money. <laughs> Her mother adored entertaining, having the best champagne, the best caviar, whatever. Um, Prince Charles enjoys his lifestyle, but you know, to be perfectly fair, she just worked on the basis she was given a privy purse which from that privy purse she pays all of her family right. who do daily work except for Charles and Charles's two sons but they each receive you know her cousins Princess Alexander who's 85 who still does duties mm. um, at 85 years of age you know she goes out makes a speech does things she receives an allowance right. not enormous but the money the Queen receives is part of 
What about her sense of humour? Did you get any sense of that? Because even the first text I got this morning was that, that wonderful little cameo with Paddington Bear. Mm. Like, that was the first text in. That showed a sense of humour. I believe as she got older, she mellowed and showed more of that sense of humour. Is that Was that true? I have to say that on the occasions I met her, she always had a very witty comment. I mean... Um, one of the last occasions I met her, I had organised somebody who had been um, not anxious to see her, somebody who's not a monarchist, um, and he had been difficult um, to be in her company. He was very happy to see uh, her daughter and flirt with her, um, but with the Queen he was a bit reluctant. So um, I persuaded him mm-hmm. to come to an event with the Queen. And I subsequently saw the Queen a week later and she came up and she said, Ah, Mr Barber, how did you arrange for so-and-so to attend? He only ever comes to flirt with my daughter, (laughs) but he came to see me. (laughs) And I said, well, Mama, I said, I told him that you expected him to be there. And she said, how good, carry on the good work. And then another occasion was I was with her standing watching some people marching by and she said do you realize they're marching in the wrong direction (laughs) i said no i didn't so she said but if you didn't notice don't worry nobody else will but she had that sort of level of she always had a twinkle in her and the other one was with daniel craig of course in the olympics wasn't it you know but but on the more serious note the handshake with uh martin mcginnis i asked the labor party leader of anabachic about this coming to the garden of remembrance uh, speaking in Irish uh, in the mansion house are, like we have to look at it from an Irish perspective I'll be honest when I was coming in today someone stopped me in the street and said I hope you're not going to talk about the British Queen so I mean there's still a mindset out there where people yeah. are resentful towards what happened here I think the whole thing is that the Queen was never judgmental um, she would enjoy meeting people um, Prince Charles is identical he has great delight in going yeah. and having an involvement with Ireland um, and I think with the Queen she would wouldn't make a judgment on somebody um she's not somebody or wasn't somebody who would sit down and say oh i think that person is terrible um if she felt somebody was being a little bit pompous she could probably imitate them quite well um i was at a party once where somebody was delighted they'd just come from a meeting with her and she imitated somebody (laughs) who she knew and they said she got it down to a t exactly how they spoke and their mannerisms um but as a family, they were all the same. I, mean, I don't know. Were you ever were you ever in the room when Margaret Thatcher came in? Because I know you won't look at the crown, but I, I watched the clip last night where she. I think it was in the, in the uh, one of the the Palladium. I think it was, and she she walked in and she said, oh, "Your Majesty," and, and then all of a sudden went back to the crown, and when. Uh, Margaret Thatcher came in to meet the Queen. She was like a fawning sycophant, Margaret Thatcher. Were you ever present for any of that? Yeah, I mean, let me put it this way. I knew Margaret Thatcher. Did you? Um, and interestingly, um, at a funeral, I was a person, after Dennis had died, who accompanied her to a memorial service of somebody. Right. Um, and um, everybody always used to laugh that Margaret was more more regal and more queenly than the queen would ever be. <laughs> I have to wrap it up. I want to wish you the very best of luck for the Thank future. Thank you very much. You'll come back because you're inviting me along because you're involved with the Antiques Fair for Wexford yes, Festival indeed. Opera. Yes, indeed. Yes. And we'll so we look out for you on our television screens because 650,000 people in your area, we might see you on the BBC making the proclamation. I should be on a balcony. <laughs> right. So, in a, in a nutshell, I have a minute left. How do you think Queen Elizabeth II should be remembered? 
I think she remembered as a monarch who basically never put a foot wrong. She always had a sensible decision. She didn't do things um, off the hip. She would give serious consideration to anything, even the relationship with her own family. And if she thought she had to be firm, she mm. could be. But she was a character who will always be remembered because she was wise and sensible. And the name that's often used is Lilibet, isn't it? Yes. So just to wrap up, tell me why, Lilibet. Um, because she couldn't pronounce her own name, Elizabeth. Um, but I have to tell you, that that's not, in England that often happens. I couldn't say sister, but I could say Tissy. <laughs> and that was for my sister. And in English it happens a great deal, I'm afraid. So she was always known as Lilibet, but only immediate people like her cousin and Philip. Marvellous. Thank you for sharing that with us. Pleasure. It's been a busy morning mix. To all our morning mix listeners, all those listening to us here in Wexford or beyond on the World Wide Web, in Britain, wherever you are, have a wonderful weekend. On our team today, we had Michael Sinnott, we've had Brona Gately, we also have uh, um, Siobhan Murphy on research, and our thanks to Catherine on the telephones. Talk to you Monday. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.